Today's like the first day in maybe a week where I haven't taken a nap. Oh, it's been much longer than a week. First day in a while where I haven't taken a nap. Eventually, I'm probably going to have to start doing episode recaps for these, but not too much uh, actual plot has happened, more so just establishing character, establishing relationships and habits, and getting to know everybody a little bit better. We're all friends here. So get ready. It's chapter six. The sidewalks colored with chalk and colorful banners streaming out of every window. It was coronation day and the country was celebrating. The event and ceremony itself went on without a hitch. Thousands of people attending the event and millions more watching from their homes. Audric stood next to Malvolia on a large, beautiful, immaculately decorated float that was put together for the parade that followed the coronation. She held his hand nervously as she waved to the crowd, colorful petals and leaves floating in the air and decorating the road before them. The members of the Atiri stand on different sides of the float, fully dressed in armor, their helmets masking their faces and striking a enigmatic and imposing figure as they usually do. The silver constellations on the chestplate of their armor glinted in the sun, and they stood still, statuesque, amidst the motion and celebration and color. Audric looked on over the crowd, smiling and waving. He kissed Malvolia on the top of the head and squeezed her hand, excitedly thinking about the long, thought-out plans and the many pieces that can finally start moving. sat on a table off to the edge of the meeting room, one leg folded beneath her and then the other draped over the edge. She hunched forward casually, arms on her legs, smirking as she watched Keon in the center of the room make his way through another one of the Alarian dances. Keon's face was warm and flushed as he struggled to keep up with the beats and the rhythm and to remember what steps came next and to not get off beat. But he and Naya had been practicing for the last couple weeks, whenever she was on duty and whenever Kion had the free time, they would clear out a meeting room and she would walk him through some more steps of one of the Alarian dances. One he was able to master, another he mostly got the gist. But the thing he was most happy about was seeing Naya warm up a little bit and seeing her be more relaxed and comfortable as she went through the motions of dances that she learned growing up in Alaria, and as she let go a little bit and let the music take over whatever weights were on her shoulders, 
Even now, as she sat on the table, she had the sleeves of her uniform pushed up and the normally impeccably fastened coat of her uniform was undone, giving her more flexibility and breathing and generally more comfortable. As the song was nearing its end and Kian was finishing up the last steps of the dance, Naya couldn't help but let out a small giggle. He did his final turn and held the pose for a few beats, breathing heavily before relaxing and turning back to her, cocking his head in question. Are you laughing at me? What? What is that? I thought that was good. Naya was grinning, but put her hand up to her mouth apologetically. I, I'm sorry. It's the way you hold your upper body is is so rigid and precise, which is pretty normal for holiday dance styles, and it's just kind of funny seeing them come together. Definitely not wrong, but it's it's interesting, I guess. Keon still breathing heavy hopped up on the table beside her, leaning forward his hands on the edge of the table. But that was good though, right? He asked. Naya nodded emphatically. Yes, that was, that was really good. You definitely learned way faster than I learned any of these dances. Kian leaned over and nudged her. Oh, so there is something you're not good at. She let out a chuckle. (laughs) Hey, I'm not good at everything. Kian scoffed at that. (laughs) But Naya continued. I learned these dances with a friend of mine, and he picked them up really quick. But I was never good at learning precise and choreographed steps like that. She shrugged. Everyone has their style, I guess. Kian cocked his head at her. Have you... have you learned any hollow dances? Naya raised an eyebrow. Uh, no. Why? Kian hopped off of the table and reached out a hand to her. Well, good news. They do not require any memorization. Naya laughed skeptically. Uh, <laughs> you are... Are you offering to teach me some holiday dances? Kian smirked. I made a fool of myself. Learning your Alarian dances, I think it's only fair. Naya hopped off the table with a grin on her face and taking his hand. I guess it's only fair. You got me there. He led her out to the center of the meeting room and started explaining the approach of some of the holiday dances. Like you had already said, a lot of our dances are, uh, these a lot snappier motions. Think about a bouncing ball. It hits the ground, and then it moves in an arc, moving quickly to the crest, and then slowing down, and then quickly back down to the ground, and then slowing down when it hits its mark. If Alarian dances are, like, a quickly moving river, then hollow dances are more like the shifting gears in a clock. I don't even know if that made sense. I'm, I'm just gonna- I'm just gonna do some of the moves. He put some music on and then started moving impromptuly to the beats and the rhythm, his arms and shoulders moving in a quick, snappy motion, moving in and out of syncopation with his legs, 
He moved his body like a machine, each working together and also moving with their own rhythm and task. Then as the rhythm shifted, he moved into smaller movements that encompassed the whole body, but still in the same snappy and precise motions that marked the Hala style. When the song was done, he looked to Naya and outstretched his hands. So that's pretty much it. I think you can do that. Naya had one arm across her chest, the other covering her mouth. Is this how you felt when I showed you Alarian dances? Because there's no way I can I can do that. Kian grinned. Exactly. And I managed to learn your dances, so you can learn mine. Besides, I can just teach you a few things, and then you can mix and match them however you want. And I know you're not going to the to the festival itself, but I'm sure there's plenty of other dance opportunities. Naya laughed. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, sure, why not? Show me what you've got. Kian bounced in excitement at showing her some more moves and started to walk her through the steps of moving her arms and her shoulders and her hips in that snappy and precise motions and improving a few more moves that maybe she could use. She did struggle at first, falling back on the bouncier, more fluid styles of Alaria. But in the end, they managed to find something that was a little bit of Hala and a little bit of Alaria that was bouncy and bubbly and quick and snappy and all the more interesting for it. When they had wrapped up their dance and were nearing the end of Naya's shift, Kian outstretched his hand for a handshake of camaraderie. Well, they say it couldn't be done. He started as Naya took his hand to shake it. But you, Naya Matheson, can now dance like a true Hala elite. Naya took a bow. Thank you, thank you. It's such a esteemed honor. First, I'd like to thank the Academy. And of course, that one old man I met on the street a few weeks ago. And maybe that nice person in the room next to mine who smiled once that one morning and said hello. Without their contributions, I never would have made it this far. Keon coughed loudly. <clears throat> <clears throat> and he looked at her expectantly. Oh, right, Naya added. And I would also like to thank Selene for just being an all-around great person. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. They laughed together as they moved the furniture back into place in the meeting room. You sure you don't want to be on the team that is going to greet the Alarians tomorrow? Keon asked as they pushed tables back together. I'm pretty sure if you use some of those moves I taught you today, everyone's going to be so impressed. They won't even need to hold the Starlight Festival anymore. Naya laughed at that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think it's too risky. We can't cancel the Starlight Festival after all the work that everyone's put into it. It's for everyone's own good that I make this sacrifice and stay away. Kian nodded, bringing chairs back to the tables in the room. Very good, very good. Such a, such 
such a sacrifice that you're making for all of us. It's truly appreciated. Well, if you're not going to grace us with your amazing dance moves, how are you spending your day off? Kian asks inquisitively. I still need to put in some time in the training sessions. I've only done two of the four so far this month, so gotta catch up on that. Kian scoffed. Boring. You sure you don't want to join us? Naya nodded again, this time more serious. Uh, yes, I I don't really see any need to be there since you already are going to have Eshan and Zenobia there with you. And I'm from Alaria. I, it's not as big of a deal for me to see them as it might be for uh, other guards. As they were putting the last chairs into place, there's a knock on the door and the meeting room opened showing Zenobia here to take the shift from Naya. But Zenobia frowned upon seeing Naya's disheveled hair from dancing and goofing off and her improper uniform with the sleeves pushed up and the overcoat opened, revealing her undershirt. Naya noticed this look and quickly pulled the sleeves of her coat back down and refastened it. She said thanks and gave a nod to Keon and a nod to Zenobia before leaving. Kian looked hopefully over at Zenobia, her face as impassive as it usually is. Don't suppose you'd be interested in learning some dance moves for the festival this week? Zenobia tisked at him. No, sir, you are in charge of greeting tomorrow's guests and giving them a tour of the place. We should go prepare for that now. Ah, yes, right. Kian replied. Let's go do that. Kian stood fidgeting with his hands as he stood alongside his parents and Inaya, and all of their guards standing behind them, anxiously anticipating the arrival of the Alarians. He was supposed to be standing in a stately and regal manner, but his nerves were getting the better of him. He could hear his older sister impatiently huffing behind him, also having a hard time standing still and just waiting. But finally... The gates opened, and the Alarian procession rolled in. The first to exit the vehicles were a couple of guards in standard Alarian uniform, followed by a few more immaculately dressed, wearing helmets and subtly decorated armor with silver constellations etched into them. Following them was a young man with curly light hair and strong broad shoulders, wearing more stately clothes, who bends over and reaches out a hand to help the queen herself come out of the vehicle as she moves her long, flowing dress and carefully steps outside. Malvolia and the man walk together arm in arm through the guards who had lined up across from the Hala entourage. Keon's mother, Sadira, steps forward first and outstretches a hand to the newly crowned queen. We are so grateful to have you here for the first time. Malvolia stepped forward and 
shaked the woman's hand as she continued greeting them. My family and I are so excited to have you here, and in order to ease anyone's concerns, we have already increased our guard staff and will remain extra vigilant as long as you are here. Malvolio smiled faintly at them. Uh, thank, thank you. We are also honored to be here and to be invited to celebrate the Starlight Festival with, with all of you. The man next to her stepped forward and reached out a hand to Sadira. I'm Audric Amadeo. It's a pleasure to meet you. I am Queen Malvolia's main attendant and right-hand man, so you will be seeing us together often. He beamed a charming smile at Sadira and the rest of the family behind her. Sadira smiled back at him as she shook his hand. Well, we are glad to have you here as well, Mr. Amadeo. She steps back to her family and starts introducing them. This is my husband, Arim, my eldest, Inaya, and my youngest, Kian. I wish we could spend more time greeting you and showing you around. However, my husband and I need to attend some additional business regarding the Starlight Festival that came up last minute. So instead, we will have Kian and Inaya, as the queen gestured to the two of them, Inaya started shaking her head. Sadira continued, apologies. It seems that Kian will be the one giving you a tour of the palace campus and showing you to your rooms. Kian stepped forward with a wave as his parents and Anaya walked off, leaving him alone with his guards Zenobia and Eshan. Hi, I'm Kian. Uh, I was already introduced, so you already know that. Um, I guess I'm gonna give you all a tour. Also, that was already said. Um, my guard, Ashan, uh, my guard, Ashan Bashir, can show your attendants to the rooms you'll be staying in so that they can take care of your luggage. And, um, the rest of you can follow me and I'll show you around. Ashan broke up from the group to help some of the guards and attendants unpack luggage onto a cart and ushering them towards the palace. Kian started moving out towards the the grounds and the outer campus. He started off by taking them through the gardens, and those that followed the group were Audric, the queen, and the three imposing-looking guards. Audric quickened his pace a bit to walk side-by-side side with Kian. It's a pleasure to finally meet you, Kian. I've heard a lot about you in the news. Kian nodded warily, a bit intimidated by the man's stature and physique. Oh, uh, hopefully good news, he stammered out, caught a bit off guard. I heard you and your sister went through a bit of a scare last year, Audric implored. It seems your country has a bit of a habit of attracting trouble, but it was a relief when we heard that you and everyone else came out relatively unscathed. Kian's brow furrowed in confusion about why he was bringing up the story, but of course continued to be polite towards the guests. Thank you, uh, we were, we were relieved. And then Audric interrupted him. It seems you owed that victory a lot to a kitchen staff member, of all people, and also that you've hired this person into your personal guard. Yes, that Kian started before being interrupted again. It's really such a wonderful story. Is she around by any chance? I would love to meet her. Um, no. Kian answered, 
she's off today, but she's still in service and she's been a great guard, so I'm sure you'll see her around at some point. Audric nodded. Of course, of course. You're fortunate to have someone like that in your company. Uh, yes, very fortunate, Kian said before changing the subject as they arrived in the center of the gardens. As a diligent tour guide, he he started telling them about the history and the types of flowers present in the garden, trying his best to remember the things that he went over with Zenobia the day before. As he led the group to the next stop, Audric fell back behind again and started talking softly with Malvolia, but too quiet for Kion to hear. As they walked through the campus, Kian pointed out the dorms that staff lived in if they preferred to be on campus. He walked them through the music hall and theater where performances were often held and explained the importance and the detail of the colors and architecture before moving on to the next destination. As he walked, he realized some things that he left out and cursed himself for it, but continued moving on nonetheless. The next stop was the outdoor training grounds, where it looked like one of the regular training sessions for the guards was taking place. Kian spoke as he took the group through the grounds. This is where we train new guards and keep current guards in top shape. And for anyone who's interested to learn to fight and run obstacle courses and spar. And this is actually where uh, I got some of my guards to help teach me how to fight um, after the incident that took place last year, he said, gesturing with his head towards Audric in a partial response to the questions he was asking earlier. Keon walked the group to the outskirts of the grounds themselves where practice was happening and continued explaining. Right now is a session for the current guards in the Hala Palace. We employ only the best people in the entire country and require regular training sessions so that they can stay in shape and stay on their toes and learn all of the newest moves and situational trainings. Audric stepped forward, his eyes lighting up. Alaria also employs the best of the country, but in addition, we have our Atiri. He motions to the people, the three helmeted people behind him. They go through some of the most strict and regimented training on the continent. The team is so selective that there's currently only nine of them, including myself. Kian nodded. Ah, that's that's great. And Audric continued. We actually named them after constellations. So I thought it was apt that we were invited to the Starlight Festival. Actually, wouldn't it be fun if we had a a little match. My best against your best. No stakes, just for fun. Oh, uh, Keon stammered. They're in the middle of practice and I don't know that it'd be a good idea to interrupt. But Audric was already moving out into the field and waving a hand towards the woman leading the training. Keon trotted anxiously out to Audric. The rest of the group also following him. I'm Audric Amadeo. He introduced himself, visiting from Alaria and the first-hand man to the queen. The captain of the guard 
cocked her head inquisitively at his approach, and Audric continued speaking. Keon here was giving us a wonderful tour of the grounds, and as we stopped here, I thought it'd be interesting if we organized a little duel between one of his best guards and one of mine. The captain raised an eyebrow and looked at Keon, who just shrugged in response. By now, most of the guards in the practice field had stopped their drills and were curiously moving towards Keon's tour group. Among those practicing, Keon spotted Naya towards the back of the group, trying to catch her eye but failing because she was too far and there was too much going on at the moment. The captain looked towards the guards crowding up behind her and gave a non-committal nod. I think we would be up for a, a break to watch a duel. She gestured at Keon. If you'd like, go ahead and choose your champion. There are a couple dozen guards in the field behind the captain. Some he recognized from working with him. Some he recognized from Inaya and his parents' guards, but he didn't need to scan the crowd for very long because he already knew who he was choosing. Naya Matheson, he announced. He could see annoyance and disappointment fleck across the other guards' faces, but they stepped aside and made room for her to come forward from the back. He knew Naya didn't have a reputation for being the strongest or most adept fighter, but he had seen her in action, and he knew she could rise to a challenge. She bore a grim and serious face as she stepped forward, briefly glancing at Keon as she stepped to his side, but seeming to avoid eye contact with anyone. Keon gestured towards Naya, introducing her. Audric, this is Naya Matheson, the guard that you were asking about earlier. It's a pleasure to meet you. Audric said to her, and Naya nodded stiffly in acknowledgement. The captain looked towards Naya's loose-fitting, lightweight clothes from, from her practice session and the adornished armor of the guards behind Audric. No armor, no weapons, she announced. Hand-to-hand, first down. You have five minutes to prepare, the captain announced, and... Keon, Naya, and Zenobia broke off from Audric, Malvolia, and their group in order to prepare. They went to the dugout on the side of the field. There wasn't much to prepare, but it was clear that Naya was very tense as they walked under the covering. As soon as they were away from everybody, Naya spoke up. Why did you choose me? Keon raised his eyebrows a little bit surprised. Uh, look, I... I just thought you were a good candidate for this, and after seeing you defend us at the vacation home, I trust you to be able to step up. Naya sat down and rubbed her forehead with her brows furrowed. What are the stakes? She asked. Oh, there, it's just for fun. There are no stakes. Kian answered, sitting next to her. Zenobia stood off to the side, always the immaculate professional. Kian put a hand on her arm, reassuringly. 
I I didn't realize this would be stressful for you. I can I'm sure I can pick someone else. Naya pulled away and stood up. No, it's fine. It doesn't really matter at this point. Um I'm just going to do some warm-ups. She said, stepping away and stretching her arms out. Kian felt a pang of guilt in his chest, feeling a little bad for having chosen her and putting this attention on her, but nothing to do but go forward at this point. When the five minutes were up, the two groups reconvened in the practice field, where the captain had set up a ring for the duel and then another area marked off for everyone to stand and watch. The captain set Naya and Audric's chosen fighter on opposite sides of the ring. Audric seemed to have chosen a small, lithe woman with short, bluntly cropped hair. Kian took his place on the outside of the ring beside Audric, Malvolia, and then the other two Atiri guards. Malvolia didn't seem interested at all, but Audric's attention was enraptured. The captain blew a whistle and raised a hand, calling everyone's attention. All right, this fight is going to be Naya Matheson representing Hala versus Mavis LaRue representing Ilaria. Please step forward, shake hands, and then turn around and take three steps towards the outside of the ring. When I blow my whistle again, the match will begin. Naya and Mavis both walked forward and grasped each other's hands in a firm handshake. But Kian saw Mavis lean forward and whisper something quietly at Naya. She turned around with a grin on her face, but Naya stiffened and hesitated for half a second before turning around and taking her steps back. The whistle blew, and neither contestant wasted any time before whipping around and moving forward. Naya aimed a punch at LaRue, but LaRue ducked low and turned around to Naya's side, kicking at Naya's legs and punching her in the back, sending Naya staggering. But she regained her balance quickly, pivoting again to face LaRue and trying to anticipate what was going to come next. LaRue darted forward again, fainting to the right and instead bounding to the left, Naya's weight shifting quickly according to the movements and just barely, barely dodging out of the way in time. But LaRue was small and fast and didn't waste any time doubling back and moving in close to Naya. Naya tested the water by throwing a couple more punches, but Again, LaRue easily ducked beneath and to the side, dancing around to Naya's back and landing a few more hard, quick jabs to the back of her legs. Naya stumbled and rolled, but quickly was up on her feet again, not willing to accept defeat so quickly. LaRue took a moment before advancing again, bouncing on the balls of her feet, then darting forward again, her hands at her side. Naya cautiously let her advance, waiting and watching for an opportunity. There's a quick flash as LaRue's hands and then Naya's hands moved quickly, not in a punching motion, but in a weird way. And Kian saw something 
catch the sunlight out of the corner of his eye, flying away from the two of them, but he didn't catch what it was. LaRue backed up again, anger marking her face, and then again charging forward. Naya again patiently waited and watched as LaRue fainted left and right and dipped low and moved in unpredictable motions. But Naya stayed light on our feet, turning with the motions that LaRue did and keeping her guard and defense up, waiting and watching for a moment. LaRue fainted a punch and then moved in with a kick, but Naya had been paying attention and caught LaRue's leg in her own twisting and sending LaRue stumbling. Not losing a beat, Naya advanced again, locking her leg in front of LaRue's and aiming a few precise punches, the scent LaRue crashing face first into the ground. The captain blew the whistle, the match was over, and tears erupted from the other guards of Hala. Kian breathed a heavy sigh of relief as he felt congratulatory and enthusiastic pats and handshakes from the other guards behind him. When Kian turned to go congratulate Naya, he saw her quickly walking back to one of the buildings and Audric following her. Everyone else seemed to be caught up in cheers and celebrations and... LaRue was being met by her fellow guards. Kian glanced back and saw that Zenobia was distracted and caught up in a conversation, and he snuck off to follow Audric and Naya. He quickly ran inside the practice building, quietly shutting the door behind him and tiptoeing down the hall. He could hear voices around the corner, and when he got there, he pressed himself up against the wall, straining to listen. He hazarded a peek and saw Naya standing rigid and stiff near a doorway, Audric close to her, standing at about the same height, but also making himself seem bigger and more intimidating. Who do you even think you are? Audric asked Naya. I am Naya Matheson, personal guard to Kian Kusari, youngest member of the Hala lead family. Audric gave a laugh, bitter and angry. (laughs) Don't give me that. We both know who you really are. I don't know what you're... So what are you doing here? What's your plan? What are you trying to do? I... I'm trying to protect this country and to protect Kian as my job dictates. <laughs> right. Well, Miss Matheson, you may have everyone else here fooled or charmed, but I know who you are, and whatever you're planning, whatever you're trying to do, won't work. And soon enough, you'll be saying goodbye to this cute little lie you've set up for yourself. So enjoy it while it lasts. Kian heard the footsteps fading away, and when he peeked back over the corner again, he saw Naya slumped up against the wall, her face buried in her hand, exhausted and despairing. He trots up to her, his footsteps alerting her of his presence and 
She straightened up as he approached. Hey, hey are you okay? Kian asked. What, what was that all about? Naya faltered. Um, I, I, I can't. Kian started to get a little frustrated. Look, I understand not wanting to talk about your past, and I respect that, but it sounded like he was making threats at you, and it sounded like you two know each other. If something's wrong, you can talk to me, and I'm sure we can get him kicked out, but you have to tell me what's going on. Naya shook her head again. I... I'm really, I'm really sorry. I, I can't, I can't. Keon's brows furrowed and he felt his chest tighten. Okay, fine. You can have your secrets and you can be miserable and sad. I've been trying so hard to be a friend and to be respectful of you and your boundaries, but fine, if you want to be Friendless and miserable have had it. Kian, please. Naya stammered out. I, it's not that I don't trust you or don't want to tell you. I just, I just can't. So you know Audric, Kian asks flatly. Naya nods. Yes. Yes. How? Um... Work. Kian raised an eyebrow. Work. That's it. That's all you're going to tell me. I'm sorry. Naya apologizes again, refusing to make eye contact. Okay, fine. Kian says and storms off. Kian bursts out of the practice room, slamming the door behind him, angry, frustrated. And deeply saddened. Someone he trusted, someone he'd been trying to get closer to, couldn't or wouldn't let him help. And maybe hiding some dark, treacherous plans. He knew Zenobia would be looking for him. He knew he had the tour to get back to and the Alarians to attend to again, but he just couldn't bring himself to go back. Not yet, at least. He wandered off to the backside of the dugout and sat in the grass, face in his hands, trying to gain control of his breathing and trying to calm down and put that mask back on so he could at least get through the day and then figure out how to process everything later. He heard some loud clattering come from the dugout behind him as two people entered and heard low, hushed, and angered voices. What was that? What? I'm trying to help. Oh, by trying to get her caught cheating? Yeah, obviously. You're lucky it went how it did and no one saw that. Look, it was a good idea and if it had worked... We could have- No. If it failed, you would have embarrassed me, and you would have embarrassed the queen in front of the entire country. You act when I say. Okay, fine. If you act without my instruction again, 
you're gonna find yourself getting the pixie treatment. Got it? Yeah, fine, I got it. Good. Keon let out a huge breath that he didn't realize he was even holding and slowly got to his feet and made his way back to the group of people where Zenobia rushed to him and scolded him for wandering off without her and greeted the Ilarians again, offering to resume the tour. His mask was back on, feigning interest and politeness, but behind the mask, he only grew more worried and nervous. Thanks for making it to the credits. Um, same old stuff. Thanks to Louis Zong for the music that I use. Go check him out on Bandcamp. Links are in the description. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at LK underscore draws. I don't post much, but don't let that deter you. <laughs> um, this is an actual podcast now, a story worth telling. Rate, review, subscribe. Thank you. You're wonderful. Things are ramping up. So stay tuned. Until next time. Oof. Hands hurt. My hands hurt. But that's not that unusual. My hands hurt. My hands hurt. Probably because I had two cupcakes. (laughs) 